0: Ta-da. I'm live on uh, Comedy Schools, or Radio Network.com. I'm live on YouTube, I am live on Facebook. I am live, 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 I am triple live, triple live, you heard of triple X, we're triple L. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all persuasions, welcome to, let us give you a gracious, gracious greeting to... Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am the aforementioned Tony Visick. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily diversion for the anger, anxiety, hoopla, and weirdness in the world today. We talk about silly things. We talk about fun things. We come to you. It's a three and three show, ladies and gentlemen. Three and three. We come to you on three platforms. You have not one, not two, but three. 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 That's a three. That's the best I can do. Uh, three. Platforms. We come to you uh, strictly uh, through audio on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com for those of you who just prefer to listen to the mellifluous tones of my voice. Um, we also come to you live on YouTube and the Comedy Schools channel, which uh, no one watches, but uh, we have great hope for. And here, where our audience resides on Facebook Live. Those are the three platforms. The show is built around three things your questions and comments that you leave on one of the aforementioned platforms, which we attempt to answer to the best of our ability or comment on, and or, uh, and, uh, no, and also uh, we have some knickknacks, some doodads, some little things. Oh, you know, the YouTube people are getting a sneak peek. I don't want that. Uh, some little uh, uh, knickknack or doodad that we uh, have here around the house, around the home office that uh, we can um, then perhaps um, uh, shape a story around. Uh, we have that and also we recommend two artists or two pieces of music based off of our vast vinyl album collection and you know what every once in a while i start looking through the collection going you know what we're running out of interesting stuff um but then i run across a couple things they go nope still interesting still interesting so hold on let me get my ponytail out of the way that was like messing up your vibe wasn't it ladies and gentlemen you're looking here and you see that and go is there something on his shoulder an animal's trying to eat him nope just higher it's just higher uh one of the cool things about the um not that there is anything cool but one of the upsides uh of our current situation is that my hairstyle has come back in style so well before people were going, that's got old-fashioned ponytail no so many people are letting their hair grow out now that i am just ahead of my time once again uh what's going on just real quick as i was perusing the news i saw that uh Katy Perry had come out in defense of Ellen DeGeneres, and I don't know what went on on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I actually don't, but probably one of the most liberal, progressive, woke shows, and to be honest with you, I don't think I ever watched an entire episode of Ellen's talk show. Just not my thing. And I've talked about this before, but it just popped up on my newsfeed right before uh, we came on. Uh, And I don't necessarily know what the complaints are. You know, uh, and I don't know, but they don't sound egregious. They don't seem to rise to the level of anything other than I am an entry-level employee, you are senior management, and you are not treating me better than you. Okay? I mean, I think we're probably getting to the point where if someone is hired, if someone is hired... To bring coffee then on the second day they go your job and we're going to pay you for this is we have a lot of coffee drinkers here we have a lot of large meetings a lot of large meetings a lot of large coffee drinkers so uh we need someone exclusively who brings coffee and takes coffee orders that's going to be your job with the xyz woke progressive uh, uh corporation we'll leave it there then on the second day, they'll go, I don't like the way people are ordering the coffee. First off, I am um, I am a biracial, and too many people are ordering mocha. And I feel that that is somehow a slight against me. So <laughs> I don't know what went on to the Ellen show. I don't know how you can get more woke or progressive, or that a rich lady who runs a show wasn't talking to everyone that worked for her like they were her very best friends. So um Man, I tell you what, my generation put the fun in having fun, and this generation uh, might be sucking it out. I don't know. My my uh, suspicion is they just want to suck it out for everybody but them, so they got the room to themselves. Um. So anyway, uh, that's what's going on. Uh, some other things going on. Some things coming up for us. Us uh, tonight. Coming up for us uh, tonight. We're doing a free intro. At 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can check out uh, what we do and what we offer here at ComedySchools.com. You can check it out uh, for free. All you have to do is go to ComedySchools.com and get the uh, link or the Zoom codes. And you'll be able to join us tonight for one riotous hour of how to be funny and influence people. Uh <laughs> Wednesday night starts our advanced classes. If you have ever been in one of our classes, then we welcome you to our advanced class. Easy to join. Go to comedyschools.com to register and pay. Thursday night is our beginning workshop. If you or anyone you know thinks they might want to improve their public speaking skills, find an outlet for their creativity, have something to do on Thursday night other than go, all right, I've stared at that wall and I'm staring at that wall. I've stared at that wall. and I'm staring at that wall. If you're looking for a way to keep you going, nothing better than having a schedule. And how about for the next five weeks and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Arizona time, you know that you're going to be in a beginning stand-up comedy workshop. Easy to pay. Easy to register. Coffee. I'm drinking a coffee. I'm drinking a coffee. Because normally, I'm going to tell you something, normally right after this show, you know, I take a nap. But uh, I think I slept 10 hours yesterday. So uh, there's an onion recall throughout america did you know that onion recall that the uh, onions are tainted with salmonella and here's the problem with onions you don't wash them i wash them however I, you know i'll speak i'll speak anybody's language how would i say wash in espanol cheryl lavate, lavate. okay you don't lavate onions see si? comprende lavate. lavate that's what i said lavate <laughs> that's what i said See, I'm trying to learn Spanish. I've been watching novellas at night with uh, my wife. We're watching uh, uh, La, La Risa del Sur, La Risa del Sur, which means Queen of the South, and we're watching the uh, the uh, Telemundo telenova of Queen of the South. And I'm trying to learn uh, Spanish. The problem is the uh, me the main character Teresa Mendoza, Terista. She uh, has had to relocate to Spain to get away from people trying to kill her, and some of the people in the show are speaking in Castilian Spanish. And she's speaking in a more uh, uh, Mexican vernacular. So uh, that's my excuse for having learned hardly any Spanish while watching now over 40 hours of a Mexican telenova. Pretty good show, though. Pretty good show. A lot of shooting, a lot of kissing, a lot of killing, a lot of screwing, a lot of torture, a lot of mayhem. You know, uh, <laughs> it's a good show. It's kind of shows Americans used to make. Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to take a nap. Yesterday was a Shirley and I's wedding anniversary. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you who um, wished us happy anniversary. A lot of you jumped on a Facebook page. I put up some pictures from our wedding, and you wished us a happy anniversary. And uh, we want you to know that uh, we really, really uh, appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Tina Mike Lawson said, what are the pennants over your right shoulder? They are... St. Louis Cardinal pennants, and you know that the one is from, uh, I think the 2006 championship, and one is from uh, their 1982 series win. That's what they are. Let me double check. Let me take a look. Hold on, don't go anywhere. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they're both from, uh, they're both from, hold on. Hold on, we're gonna get up, I wanna make sure. Yeah. So uh, I had to double check my own stuff. They've been hanging there so long. Uh, One is from uh, the St. Louis Cardinals 1982 World Series win against the Milwaukee Brewers, the lower one. And the one that's up higher is from their uh, uh, disastrous 2004 uh, four-game loss to uh, the uh, odious Boston Red Sox. Uh, you know what, and that brings us to our first, uh, our first little knickknack knack of the day. Now, uh, Randy is here, Don is here, Tina and Mike are here, a lot of regulars are watching right now. Uh, I don't want to go through the whole bobblehead controversy again, I simply don't, okay? But I do want to point out that um, we did come across, we have rescued. You know, every day, ladies and gentlemen, in this great country... Thousands of once-beloved bobbleheads are tossed aside into the trash bin, stuck in landfills, broken and damaged, no longer loved. And that's where we, ladies and gentlemen, Operation Bobblehead Rescue, come in. We save these poor, once-loved mementos with you and share them with you. And you can donate to get them fixed. For instance, right here, ladies and gentlemen, we have come across none other than, look at that, Tina Mike Lawson, you're going to love that. You're going to love that. Albert, Albert Pujos. there you go. Hello, hello. I love Tony La Rosa. Tony, he's the one who taught me. Tony La Rosa, that is Albert Pujos, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest of all Cardinals and a uh, pretty mediocre uh, uh, California Angel or Los Angeles Angels. Albert Pujos, as you can see, the bat is broken. But let- Pujos. Albert Pujols, who kind of came into the organization right around the time that um, um, uh, the whole – who said that? Bobbleheads can't reproduce. Who said that? Who the hell said that? Uh, Paul Whitney says bobbleheads can't reproduce. Why do they need to be fixed? (laughs) You're misreading the whole thing, Paul. You're reading the whole thing. All right, let me tell you something about Albert Pujols, okay? He, with not a bat in his hand, he could hit the ball with his – get a base hit. With hit a base hit. With his fists, he could hit and get a base hit. So here we got uh, Albert Pujols right here. He came along right after the steroid we have here. So we have here so we have here a St. Louis Cardinal, one of the great St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, he came along right after Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire was a great St. Louis Cardinal. Mark McGuire took a lot of dope in order to be good. And that made Mark McGuire no different in my mind's eye, than Jimi Hendrix, Jerry Garcia, or any other great rock musician. They took a lot of dope to be good. Mark McGuire did. Uh, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, all of the steroid guys in the steroid era are now looked down upon. But people forget that there had been a baseball strike that really kind of damaged baseball, kind of damaged in the minds of the public. And what brought people back to the park in droves were all of a sudden these incredible figures hitting these towering home runs, smashing records like crazy. And once baseball was whole, once baseball was healthy, once baseball was exciting again, then the league turned on these people. It turned on Mark McGuire. It turned on Barry Bonds. It turned on uh, Ken Ken Caminiti and so many others. Should they be taking steroids? I don't know. Okay? Should have Hendricks been dropping acid when he was making Electric Lady Land? I don't know. Okay? But they did, and they made incredible stuff. Now, that really damaged baseball, the whole steroid era. Uh, And then along came people like Albert Pujols, who was just a natural wonder. Okay, never a hint of scandal, never a hint of shame, and he changed things around. He changed things around. So here we have an Albert Pujols bobblehead, ladies and gentlemen, right there, okay? And they don't have to reproduce. You know why? You know why they don't have to reproduce Paul Whitney? Because they excite the imagination. This bobblehead excites the imagination (laughs) and gets one to think wondrous things and write things. You know what? You could look at this Albert Pujols bobblehead you can stare at it and start writing about it as you're writing about it you can start thinking about someone a crush you had on someone in high school and then you write a great love poem okay and someone else reads it and they read it and they get so excited they go and have sex with their wife and they have a baby that becomes the next president of the united states so don't tell me don't tell me bobbleheads don't reproduce don't tell me uh Let's see, Don Shell says, I think Albert could have lettered at Northwest. Indeed, he could have done. He could have lettered at Northwest. Uh, Don Shell and I went to Northwest High School. Don Shell was a runner and a pretty good one. Uh, I ran one season of track because in high school, because my dad said if I didn't do something wholesome, he was going to put me in juvenile hall. So uh, I ate a bunch of amphetamines and ran track. Won a ribbon. You know what? Maybe they should take my ribbon away from me. Our, uh, let's see, we, we came in third in, a, in the entire county of Jefferson County. My track relay team, we had one of those relays where we hand off the baton. We came in third out of the whole county. And by the way, the relay team's where you put the guys who were slow. Uh, we came in third and I got a ribbon. Maybe, Don Shell, maybe Northwest High School should be forced to go back in its archives, find the ribbon I won and take it away from me because I was on uh, pep pills. <laughs> anyway, Fazio says, Shit, I wish steroids, they all do weights and they all take vitamins. Most of them take some kind of uppers. What's the difference? They're there to entertain us, right? Yes, yes. Now, Paul Whitney collects wrestling figures. There is an organization that doesn't give a damn, doesn't give a damn if you take steroids because that's all based on show. But yeah, you know what? You know, steroids may be, you know, and this is something we have to visit after all of this, revisit Maybe the, you know, medication, okay, and then performance enhancement drugs, when properly administered, might be the next evolution in American sports and for mankind. They just might be. They just might be. You know, there is such a strict uh, policy about any sort of uh, drug in Major League Baseball Yet they're constantly selling us beer in the stands. That we've now reached at one time. At one time, you know, uh, all the baseball players were clean, you know, and the audience was stoned. Then after a while, we're back to that. you got a bunch of drunks watching a bunch of guys that can't even take an aspirin without having to pee in a cup. You know, we've reached this weird point. It's like, you know, we've reached a weird point in a lot of things. I went and saw Dead and Company in Phoenix and uh, the uh, latest uh, iteration of the Grateful Dead. And we're going to get to the music in a moment because this applies to what I just said. But everybody in the stands loaded and the ballplayers aren't. Uh, there were these machines. We, uh, we were in the pit. We were right up against uh, the little fence and there was the band. And it was really cool and exciting, at least for me. You know, it was a cool time. Shirley and I went. We had a lot of fun. We had a fence to lean up again, so it wasn't like we got worn out just standing there for four hours. And they played about four hours. You get your money's worth at a dead show if you're a dead fan. They had these fans just blowing air out. So we go, this is nice. They're kind of cooling everybody off. And then the word I got from talking to someone who worked there is they have those there so all the pot smoke and all of that doesn't blow up on a stage and make them too high. Because not everybody in that band gets high anymore. Matter of fact, the majority of the band doesn't get high. And there we had a Grateful Dead show where he would reach critical mass, where a band used to be higher than the audience, and now the audience is higher than the band. America keeps changing, ladies and gentlemen. you got to keep up with these changes. You just simply do. All right, but I'm with Champ, and I always have been that thought. There has to be some sort of thought about these performance-enhancing uh, drugs. You know, I had a guy one time, Todd Link. Is he still here? No, Todd's not here, but I talked to Todd. Todd's a, a great comic. He's been a, a, a great comic for like 20, 30 years, 30 years or so. We worked together a long time ago. And on a long trip between towns one time, we were talking about steroids. And he goes, you know, the problem with performance is not the use of performance-enhancing drugs. He goes, just like there's not a problem with, for most people if they have just like one beer a day. They have a couple on the weekend. It's not a problem. The problem is the overuse of them. He said, if you used Dianabol, which was an ancient version, champ, you know what I'm talking about, one of the original versions of steroids, he goes, if you used it at 15 milligrams a day and cycled six weeks on, six weeks off, you'd probably have no negative side effects, none, but you would have quite a bit of performance enhancement. So by making it illegal, it becomes something that isn't monitored, and then it becomes overused. So we need to legalize steroids, and we should all bulk up. Let's get massive. All right, let's get to the music, shall we? Um, Got a couple things here to show you. Uh, One is just kind of fun. I don't know if we've talked about this band before, but we're going to talk about it again. Here they are. This is the Mamas and the Papas Deliver. This is called the Mamas and the Papa Deliver. Alright, so uh, the Mamas and the Papas were probably one of the most charismatic, exciting vocal groups of the mid to late 60s. Just stunning, stunning vocals and stunning, stunning songs. And on this album, the Mamas and Papas Deliver, and I don't see a year on it exactly, but this is like an original, Okay. Uh, By the way, on drums, on this album, the legendary, legendary Hal Blaine. One of the cool things about the Mamas and the Papas, we later on found out that a lot of bands like the Birds and the Beach Boys and so many others did not um, play their own instruments on their recordings. We never worried about the Mamas and the Papas. Uh, (coughs) The Monkees, of course, we always knew that, didn't play their own instruments. Uh, We didn't worry about that with... um, uh, with the Mamas and the Papas, because they were known for singing. Your musicians, they, they were vocalists. The musicians on the Mamas and the Papas deliver such a great album, such great vocal harmonies, just soaring, just majestic. We're Hal Blaine, who played drums and percussion almost every song in Los Angeles, in the according to Los Angeles' 60s. Uh, Larry Nutchell, whom I'm not familiar with. Jim Horn on flute and saxophone. Joe Osborne on bass, uh, who was... Um, I believe uh, he was uh, considered one of the legendary members of the Wrecking Crew. All right, but not one of the main ones. Uh, Eric Horde on guitar. P.F. Sloan on guitar. Now, for those of you deep in the paint, those of you of a certain age, you'll remember P.F. Sloan from a song called uh, Eva Destruction. Uh, Gary Coleman Coleman on uh, percussion. Gary Coleman on percussion, but I don't think the kid from Facts of Life. Excuse me. Here are the songs. Excuse me. Here are the songs. Songs. On here, one too well. Remember that one too well. Did you ever want to cry? Well, did you ever want to cry? We don't remember that one too well. Frustration, string man, boys and girls together. Look through my window. Nothing on side B was really that exciting. On uh, the mamas and the papas deliver, but on side A, free advice, not that big. Uh, twist and shout, sing for your supper. Uh, a version of my girl. All right, but there are two big hits: Creek Alley and dedicated to the one I love. And if you want to hear a song, if you want to hear a song that will make you sit straight up in your chair and then want to listen to it again and again and again and just feel wonderful listening to it, you want to listen to Dedicated to the One I Love. Okay, That is just stunning. It is a stunning piece of work. The mamas and the papas were beautiful, they were exciting, they were fun. Uh, Like so many great 60s bands, they kind of stayed at the party a little too long. Uh, John Phillips, of course, uh, descent into uh, drug abuse and uh, bizarreness is well chronicled. His daughter, Michelle Phillips, became a star on uh, One Day at a Time and later on came out and made some... uh, um, some really stunning and disturbing allegations about her father and her. Uh, uh, Mama Cass Elliot uh, died far too young uh, over a uh, drug overdose, very similar to the drug overdose that Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix suffered. Uh, Denny stuck around for a long time, but later on another generation accused him of uh, sexist behavior at um, uh, certain festivals and stuff, which I don't think, yeah. You know, you're talking about rock stars here. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, Michelle Phillips was a survivor, of course. Um, the incredible survivor, the tenacity, the uh, understanding of her power, both as a vocalist as a, and as a mind and as a body, served her well. She went on to be a muse and a, a constant dater of every famous star in Hollywood. Uh, and one of her daughters, of course, went on, and some of her daughters went on to great fame themselves. Uh, The end of the life, or the couple of them are still alive, but towards the end of their life, um, reminds us all that in any life well-lived over a long period of time, there will be some things that maybe view as sconce, that each generation will view another generation through a prism that may be uh, cracked, that may not be correct. It's very easy to view, it's very easy to judge people when you haven't been around long enough to do anything worth judging. But the music is absolutely stunning. The music is absolutely stunning. And while I wouldn't recommend hanging out with John Phillips sometime in the mid 70s at his house when he was shooting up, okay? I wouldn't recommend that. I would recommend that you go to YouTube today and Google dedicated the one I love. Look at their Ed Sullivan performance. And there you see the power of the music and the people of that generation. Four kids standing on stage, singing their hearts out, and generating more energy and beauty and wonder and magic than 10,000 editors could do with any sort of music video. So we're really recommended, dedicated to the one I love by the Mamas and the Papas. The next, uh, the next, I'm getting older, my voice is changing. Uh, <laughs> The next band we're going to suggest is this. This is Spencer Davis' Greatest Hits. Spencer Davis's Greatest Hits. The Spencer Davis band has been around forever, but its time in the light was rather brief, and it was in the mid-'60s. Okay? To uh, give you an idea, the Spencer Davis group was voted Europe's number one rhythm, rhythm and blues group in 1966. So, um, this band was made up of um, the main people in the band were Spencer Davis, and then two brothers, and one of those brothers being Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood went on to form the band Traffic, which became iconic in late sixties British blues rock, jazz rock, fusion rock, prog rock bands. Matter of fact, one of the all-time great jazz prog rock bands. Uh, albums ever to come out of England uh, in the early 70s was uh, Low Spark of High Heeled Boys by uh, Traffic. But before he was in Traffic, Steve Winwood was in the Spencer Dra- Davis group and did a song that remains iconic to this day, which is Gimme Some Lovin'. And it was written by Steve Winwood and his brother. He also did I'm a Man, okay, which was written by uh, Jimmy Miller and Steve Winwood. Somebody Help Me, On the Green Light, Time Cellar, Don't Want You No More, Keep On Running, uh, a version of Midnight Special, Blues In and Searching. So the big, really, two big hit songs coming out of Spencer Davis' group was Gimme Some Lovin', Gimme, give Gimme give Some Gimme. and I'm a Man, all right? Spencer Davis, who's still around, I think my brother Jerry has either met him or know people that know him, uh, Tina might say my voice change again going through puberty, I'm going through something. I'll tell you you that right now. I'm going through something right now. Uh, Let me see here. Um, What was I going to tell you about? Uh, Spencer Davis is is still around, okay? But never achieved the fame that he did when Steve and his brother, uh, either Michael or Mick Winwood, were in the band with him, okay? And Spencer Davis was... He falls in a category, there's a big three. There's a big three. And it's uh, Spencer Davis, John Mayall, and Long John Baldry. Long John Baldry, Spencer Davis, and John Mayall of being really progenators, bands where a lot of the then legendary and what will music that'll go on as long as Sinatra's, as long as John Philip Sousa's, perhaps as long as Beethoven's, Legendary artist uh, uh, began, you know. So uh, I think half the Rolling Stones started out with uh, John Mayall, you know. Uh, Half of Fleetwood Mac started out with John Mayall. Um, People started out with Steve Winwood. No, I mean started out with Spencer Davis. Notably, most notably Steve Winwood, who went on to do all kinds of incredible things. Um, And then Long John Baldry, and Long John Baldry is an interesting guy. You might want to look him up. Uh, early to mid 60s, the late 60s, kind of local star in England, had some hits. Known, if he's known at all in America, for a song that got some album oriented rock uh, play in the late 60s, early 70s called uh, Don't Lay No Boogie Woogie on the King of Rock and Roll. Uh, Rod Stewart started out with Long John Baldry, uh, others as well. Okay, I think Rod started out with Long John, then went over to Jeff Beck Group then went over to Faces, Small Faces, Faces, and then, of course, uh, became a star in his own right, uh, using each one of those bands as a stepping stone to his own personal fame. Long John Baldry is also very interesting because not only was his band one of the bands that a lot of great artists uh, uh, started with, uh, he was a... Uh, here's something interesting. If you know that song by Elton John, Someone Saved My Life Tonight, Someone Save My Life Tonight, Sugar Bear. I, that's a terrible version of it, but it, it kind of reminds you of it. Okay, uh, Sugar Bear was Long John Baldry's nickname. Long John Baldry was during a time when it could be a lot of trouble for you, an unabashed gay man. He was a gay man in a very heterosexual world, which was the world of mid-60s British rock and roll. And Elton John, during a dark period of his time when he was considering suicide, credits Long John Baldry with saving his life with either a phone call or series of phone calls where he talked him up and out of it. And that's where the line, someone saved my life tonight, Sugar Bear, comes from. So, like Long Baldry said, (laughs) it's easy for me to say, Long John Baldry said, okay, don't judge a book by its cover, okay? Sometimes we don't judge the work by the person who made it, Okay. And it's easy to judge when you ain't done nothing yet. But we're going to be back tomorrow to not judge you and just have tons of fun with bobbleheads and rock and roll and more in store on Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizic. And we're not going to lay no boujee woogey on you fans of rock and roll. Bye-bye.